Turn to somebody else, yell at them, said, blessed, 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 hallelujah. You can do it. <laughs> hallelujah. Oh, man, the fresh start God, the new beginnings God, the make all things new God. We're going to talk about that for a minute today, and uh, we're going to lead this. This time is all about coming to a time of communion in the Lord, and, and uh, the Lord is so committed. Uh, th- this is big stuff on His heart. Um, since we're beginning a new year, we're also uh, don't want to be, uh, some maybe have been, you know, intimidated by uh, what happened in 2020. So the, but the beginning of New Year signals a time for new beginnings in our personal disciplines. But I don't know if anybody's seen this, but I saw this little cartoon and it's got people wondering, you know, they're, they're going to look and see what it's going to be like. <laughs> but we've already decreed what it is. Hallelujah. But that's, that's the world. Like, where we go? What's going to happen here? Let's go ahead and put up Hebrews 4.16 and declare it with me. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Everybody say with confidence, with boldness. The Lord uh, desires us when we come before Him not to be intimidated like the world, not be tossed and turned, but to hear from Him and stand on what He's spoken to us. Anyway, um, I want to just talk about this massive, wonderful God that we have. Revelation 21, verse 1 and uh, says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Everybody say, a new. A new heaven and a new. See, God is into new beginnings. He's going to make a new one. Now, when you say new heaven, that's a, that's a lot out there. That's going to be something. He says, And the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And then I saw a holy city, a new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard with a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. With man, He will dwell with them and they will be His people and God Himself would be there as their God. And He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death will be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain anymore for the former things are gone away. And He who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down for the words and are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. And no one who conquers, excuse me, and one who conquers will have this heritage. And I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. So historically and biblically, God's passion to start over and making life better than the wickedness of man can make it is literally staggeringly epic. He did it uh, a long time ago. Let go, go ahead and put up Revelation 21.5. He says, the one who sits on the throne says, behold, I'm making all things new. God is, a, I'm going to make all things new. This is important. God says, I'm going to make all things new. And in an epic way, he does this. And I'm talking about, he starts over with all of creation. Now that's what he's doing. When he does this, he does it out there. And we, we, we're a part of it. So on a macro scale, God sovereignly makes all things new in creation. But on a micro scale, God plants a seed with us to make all things new. Have you ever had that happen? 
suddenly something changes. It's not all out there. It's all right in here. The micro scale is a God plants a seed. 2 Corinthians 5.17 bears witness to this. Says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? He's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, the new has come. So we serve a God who is, has a passion for making all things new. We serve a God who is more concerned about forgiving you and forgiving us and restoring you and restoring this than in punishing you or punishing us. He's all about forgiveness and restoration. We serve a God who has invested his own person to make it possible the possible redemption for you and I to have a better life. He's always all about getting us filled with His love and understanding so that we'll come to know that His intentions for us are always the best. How many of you takes time, doesn't it? It takes time. And He makes all things work together for good to those who love Him and called according to His purpose. But most of us in our fallen condition underestimate the, the wholeness that he can bring out of our brokenness. You know, when you start, first start and getting, you don't realize I'm all broken up, but you don't see, but you keep traveling down the road and God starts putting Humpty Dumpty back together again and you realize down here, I'm not as messed up as I used to be. And what's fun, oh, what's so fun is to literally have the people in this room tell the testimony what they used to be. It's scary good. People were, we really got some testimonies in this room. God's a clean up God. He'll bring, he'll bring freedom out of this places of captivity and, and empowering vision out of years that just been wasted. He'll, he just, he's a God, he's totally into starting fresh. He's the starting fresh God. He's the new beginning God. First time uh, that God really got into this uh, was when he wanted to start over. He's, he flooded the whole planet. He poured water. You, did you realize the highest mountaintop, there was 20 feet, water, 20 feet of water up above Mount Everest and all above, all the, the highest the water filled the earth and everything was gone. God was starting over. And then when he starts over with this flood, he gets all the wickedness of mankind. He gets all rid of that and everything. And uh, he says, okay, now this is going to be the way it is. And he starts declaring, there will be seed time and harvest. There will be summer and winter. He starts to say, we're going to introduce a new way. And that way was already introduced one time when, in Genesis uh, 3.15 when he says that when he's prophesying to the serpent, he says, there's going to be a seed of the woman that's going to crush your head. The seed. Everybody say seed. So God sends Abraham to make a fresh start. And uh, he says, we're going to, you're going to have a son. And he decrees to him, you're going to have a seed. But that seed was really not the promised son. The seed was Jesus years later. So this very concept of creation through a seed reveals God's passion for new things. How many of you have done gardens and stuff like that? You go, and you get into it, you know, you, go, you plant a little seed and the little thing goes, boop. New life out of a seed. Jesus even said, uh, you know, eternal life is going to come into your heart via seed and, you, and the, the, the old things become new and Jesus even says he calls himself a grain of wheat 
He says, I'm, unless, the, you know, the, the Greeks were coming, you know, it was before Jesus was going to the cross and they, they, they come through the disciples and finally uh, Philip and Andrew show up in front of um, Jesus and they, they say, the Greeks want to see you. He says, well, just let them know that a grain of wheat is going to fall into the ground. What? What's that about? Jesus says, I got no time to go see him now, but I'm going to see him through you. Because a grain of wheat, I'm a grain of wheat, I'm going to follow it. And, and if it remains alone, nothing happens. But if it dies, it's going to spring forth and bear fruit. And then he says to his disciples, whoever loves his life and loses it, but whoever hates his life in this world will find it. So he begins to pattern the way. If anyone serves me, must follow me. I want to tell you one other little quick thing here before uh, launch into the because we're going to get into communion pretty quick. I think it's because we were so energized by the worship and we stepped into it. We, we weren't planning a prophetic decreeing time in the worship. I didn't plan to see that word over your life and, and see the, 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 you know, the Lord says, I'm taking over. This is my part of the service. And when you, when you do that, life begins to gush out, right? And the anointing begins to settle in and you suddenly have another sense of revelation. Another sense, you, you just, sometimes you end up all day just chasing Jesus and hearing from the Holy Spirit. And the, the, the more you do, the fuller and the more powerful the, the presence of God gets and you, you feel so, you need it. You need it. We need to have the presence of God. Because hell has tried to put masks on everybody and shut them up. And we say, no, we're going to praise the Lord. We're going to lift up our voices and, pray and declare who the Lord is in this day. And I have an expectancy that I, I believe that with all my heart, I want to see people who have never known the Lord come to him. Just breaking people out, just what Jesus loves to do. How many of you, had, he broke you out of your shackles? Come on. And they were pretty tight and pretty restraining. And when the Lord cr cracks you out of something or some mentality that you're really just, your whole identity is wrapped up in all your failures. And the Lord says, well, we're not having any more of that. And the Lord begins to show you who you are to Him and you start to move out of that. Whoa, that changes everything. You're not defined by your failures anymore. Look, I came across a way to talk about a principle and it's the sin is an operating principle in the world. And it's this. This is how sin works. I must take from your life to make my life better. That's sin. I must take from your life for my life to be better. You look at every single thing. Selfishness takes from somebody else to make their life better. Sin always robs. Sin harms. Sin wounds. Sin kills off. It takes from another with the intention of, I'm going to get something out of your life that I want what you have. I'm going to take from you. And sin is that way. But it doesn't work. Because taking from another to fulfill yourself is selfish and self-centered. Uh, but here's the, other, here's the other principle. It's flipped upside down. Jesus has an operating principle. It's this. I will give my life for you. I lay down my life so that your life will be better. And Jesus comes into your life and my life and says, it's not about you taking anymore. It's about laying it down. And when you lay down your life the way I did, then you begin to see a multiplication of kingdom life happen. And you give up certain 
rites and certain things and suddenly Jesus now is among us. It's not about you taking from someone. It's about you patterning your life after the Lord God who gave his life. Is everybody, I hear some amen starting to churn up in the, in the spirit here. Everybody say hallelujah. Come on. Jesus says, I come to give you my life so that you can have life. It's not about me taking yours or what you have. It's about me surrendering. He surrendered to the perfect will of the Father. And then God raised him up. And he does the same with you and me. How do you get a fresh start? How does God make all things new in you? I want us to look up here at Isaiah 55, and starting with verse 6. And as we stand on the front of this year, as we come to this communion time in a few moments, I want to take a peek into the, just the profound sense of what the Lord would call us into, understanding the principle of Him operating in us. First of all, in Isaiah 60, 55, for starting with 6, it says, Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Now just leave that up there for a minute. And I want to mention that uh, further along in that, we'll look at this again in a minute, but he says that not, most of you know, you, you may not know that what follows this is this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord, but as high as the heavens are above the earth, uh, my ways are higher than yours and my thoughts, your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it, there's that seed again, bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So my word goes forth out of my mouth and it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing that I sent it. That's why it's so important to receive what the Lord's saying and begin speaking it. I learned something really big this year. I learned about that when Jesus explains in the book of Revelation that we will be a kingdom of priests and kings, that those are two functions. The, the priest has a function that goes like this. It's, it's coming before the Lord to represent praying for people. The priest comes and says, Lord, help us. So-and-so needs your help. So-and-so needs your help. We need you to move on our nation. We need it. The king has a different thing. The king decrees. That's what the difference. You're also a king. And now you say, now, and you speak it. And you decree the thing. And you say it. Are you there? He says, you are both priests and kings. You don't just ask. You get a word and you speak it. And you declare it. And it says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will accomplish that which I sent it. And then he throws in this, and I'll get to this later. I can come back around it. But it says, you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. And then it says, the mountains and the hills before you, they'll break forth into singing and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. And instead of the thorn, there shall come up a cypress. Instead of the briar, there shall come up the myrtle. And it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. And I'll get to that to our communion time. But I was like... God just lit that up to me. So sandwiched in the middle of this Old Testament verse, I want to look at something, I want to put right in the middle of it, something that Paul spoke in Philippians. 
3. So now we're going to jump into that. This is really important. Philippians 3, 7. Read this with me. For whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. We're looking at letting go of the past. We're looking at a work of the Holy Spirit during a time of communion. We're looking at whatever may have tried to come up on your life and make itself stick. Are you there? We're looking at casting down the things that we don't need in our life as we move forward. Now, I want to look at this word garbage. This is amazing. This is the word scubalon. It means dung, refuse. It refers to things like filth, lumps of manure, food thrown away from a table left lying around, the sight of which uh, would tend to make one vomit. And Paul describes his life before Jesus as a sickening garbage. So here's the question. And this is why you, you, you ask a question, pastorally you ask a question like this. Because you come to, not for shame, but for the fact that the Holy Spirit can do a work. When we come to the powerful time of communion, we say this, is there any trash? Is there any garbage? Is there anything that you need to get rid of? Is there anything that's been creeping into your life? Is there anything that has, uh, over the years, just tried to keep cycling around and taking a hold of you? We want to see this happen. We want to see, now watch this. Not, uh, I'll get to the verse, but it says, not that I've already attained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold for that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold, but this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ. Let's look up here. This is uh, forgetting what is behind Everybody said it. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Now these are some interesting, profound insights. This next word, forgetting. Forgetting is two words put together, epi and lathano. Epi means turning from one thing to focus on something else. Lathano means something that is finished, done with, or obsolete. Now it says, turning from, uh, it says, the, the verse was forgetting those things which are behind. Let's look at the word behind. Behind is opiso. It means old, antiquated, outdated, no longer applicable. It describes something that no longer has relevance in your life. Let that settle in. Because there are things that maybe have come in your life that they don't need to be there. Are you there? Are you bold enough to say in your heart, I want out of my life the garbage. I want out of my life the thought processes that lead me to where I shouldn't be. Are you there? Now, when you take these words and you put them together, this forgetting what is behind, this is the, the, really the force of what it, it's saying. It's, here's what it says. Stop thinking about it. Put it out of your mind. Put it behind you. 
Wipe it out. Erase it from your memory. Get it out of your system. Quit paying attention to it. Get your eyes off of it. Be oblivious to it and forget about it. That's what Paul said. That's what I'm doing. I'm forgetting what is behind because it makes me sick. And I'm straining forward to what is ahead. What is straining forward? It's literally running a race. It says, I'm going to get to that goal line. That's the, the picture. The picture, the straining forward. It says, the picture's a runner running a race with every ounce of strength to finish the race. Straining forward. Let's go ahead and prepare to receive something that gives us a miracle dimension in our life. Remember, look, this is so important. Jesus is the fresh start God. He is the God of new beginnings. He's the God that makes all things new. And there's something so powerful about the way He loves us that says, I don't want your identity based on your garbage. I don't want your identity formed by the failures. And I want you to allow me to hate it within you. Are you open to that? I want to change. How many of you have had things just come up? They come up cyclically over your life. Am I the only human in here? Let me, I can tell you this is true because the Bible says that Satan waited for an opportune time to come back at Jesus. He just looks for opportune times to come and see if he can re-ensnare you and to take you down. And if you give a little bit, he starts to camp out. Wanting to take over territory. That's what the whole thing, this big spiritual war in our country, is we said, no! Jesus will reign. You got to have that in your heart. No! Jesus will reign in me. And he says, because my thoughts about you are not your thoughts about you. I believe in you like you wouldn't believe. I, when the Lord opened my eyes to this, that, that Thursday night I saw, it's like, I, I want to live your vision of me. How many of you? Now think of it this way. There's going to be a you past this life that is fulfilled in his presence. He says, let's start that now. Can we start that now? Let let him reach into this realm and say, I'm going to make all things new inside. Make all things new. Old things pass away. New creation, seed. That's what this is about. This is what this communion is about. And if you've never taken me seriously before, and you're taking me seriously now, you're going to step out of a garbage pile. You're going to step out of what you thought was comfortable. And hell is like, oh no, I'm losing one of mine. There are, hey, there's capacities inside of people's heads to open up doors to stuff. And the Lord says, are you going to be that? And there's no shame in it.
I'll show you this. This is amazing. He's, look at this. It says, as the heavens are high, higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, my thoughts than your thoughts. And the Lord's saying, look, I'm going to rain down in you. I'm going to put... Ooh. Um, there is an encouragement rain. There's a rain. The Holy Spirit's been pouring out into us all morning. I feel like He just quickened me. He says, I'm going to start this seed, my seed, we're going to make it sprout up. We already had that word Thursday. This seed, my seed, we're going to cause it to sprout up. This seed, my seed, He says, my seed, who I am in you, that's going to come forth. Do you want that to happen? Hallelujah. And he says, so my word goes, goes forth out of my mouth. It'll accomplish. It won't return empty. It'll accomplish what I sent it to do. It shall proceed and succeed in what I sent it to do. And then it says these crazy, crazy things, crazy things. It says the mountains get up and get excited. Now there's this beautiful, beautiful picture of mountains and hills breaking forth into singing. He says, the thing I'm going to do inside of you when my word accomplishes you is creation is going to get happy because you receive what I've given. There's another verse in Romans that says, the whole world groans in travail for the redemption of the sons of God. The world's crying out, would you get it? Would you get the eternal worth of who you are in Christ? Would you just get it and begin to live in the awareness of who I declare you are to me? Come on, you're my bride. And then it says this, instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar, she'll come up the myrtle and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. And suddenly the Lord was looking at me from this passage and winking at me and said, do you see me yet? Do you see me? I said, yes, Lord. For the thorns were placed on your head. A crown of thorns was pressed in your brain. And every hurtful and tormenting assault that comes against you and me, he says, I have taken it on the cross. And I went and looked up a cypress tree. Basically, he's just saying, I'm going to take you from wounded life to wonderful life. I'm going to take you from the painful life to to the productive life. I'm going to take you from the tormented life to the triumphant life. Look at the bread. Look at the cracker in your hand. You see the little holes? There's assaults that the enemy has come against your life and tried to put a hole in you and hold you to himself tried to pierce you through but Jesus says I have taken the piercing for you and I'm going to take out of you what would be thorns and torments 
and I'm going to make you prosperous. We're going to shift over to a prosperous time. Let's go ahead and praise the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. And Jesus stood at the table, sat at the table with his disciples. He said, see this bread here? I'm going to break this bread. You know what's going to happen to me? I'm going to be broken. But my body and my brokenness is going to reverse, work something that's wholeness to your life. Now this is the seed. This is the seed. The prospering seed. This is the seed. I'm not going to do it my way. I'm going to part with the Lord and do it His way. And He's going to do the things in and through my life that I can't do in my own power. Right? And this is the seed of salvation. And if you don't believe any of this, toss the cracker into the basket. But if you want what Jesus wants, we're going to put it inside of us. Because the seed's got to go inside. Are you there? Let's pray. Let me lead you in a prayer first. Father God, I'm sick and tired of the garbage. I want to live in the fullness of your life. I'm turning to you. I'm planting the seed of who you are inside of me. I receive the prophetic dream that you have of my life. Thank you, Jesus. I am all yours. Let's partake together. Praise him. Let's just praise him. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Lord. You know, um, I try to be sensitive to the Lord and, and just try to hear him and sometimes thoughts come in my mind. And uh, I just had this wonderful thought about Michelangelo. I think it was, was Michelangelo. Anyway, David, the, the statue of David. And so anyway, he had a big marble slab and he was chipping away. He says, the thought went along something like this. How are you going to make David out of this marble slab? I'm going to chip away everything that's not David. The Lord's been chipping away, hasn't He? Sometimes it hurts to follow Jesus because He's saying, this is not me. It's really not you. It's just not us. This is, this is one of those mornings. That's not you. That's not you. Now, the last thing in the world I want you to do is just drink grape juice. What I'd like you to do is let the Lord prophesy to your heart. We have filled the room with the presence of the Lord who is the God of the fresh start. We have preached that He's the God of the new beginning, that He makes all things new. And you're standing, you're sitting here with a cup in your hand and this is how He does it. How he does it is he, lead, he, he eases away the encumbrances that hinder you from becoming what he wants. I, I could stand here and prophesy for a while. I'm not going to do it. But I want to just go ahead and say, there have been attacks that have come to dishearten certain ones of you in different ways. That's not even very specific prophetic, but that's just the way 
of our walk with Christ is. There have been attacks seeking to discourage you from different ways, right? And Jesus says he has triumphed over it through the blood of the cross. Demons can't handle the blood of Jesus. Sin is washed away by the power of the blood of Jesus. Confidence is you overcome by the blood of the Lamb. You overcome, say it, I overcome by the blood of the Lamb. I overcome. Say it again, this decree that I overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Life will be different. My mind will be different. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I belong to Jesus. Oh, praise the Lord. Something's just shaking loose here. Hallelujah. Just lift it up and praise Him for a minute. We're going to drink it. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Just praise Him. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for giving your life for me. Lord, your principle was I'm going to give you my life and you're going to be better. Hallelujah. You give us your life and we get better. You lay down your life that we could have a life not encroached upon by the works of darkness, by our own failures. And so, Lord, as we drink today, we'll receive the dynamic help, the overcoming life in the cup. Everybody say it again. Overcoming life. Partake it. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus.